from Madison, Wisconsin, World Dairy Expo presents The Dairy Show, the digital meeting place of the global dairy industry, where we sit down to talk cows, cutting edge technology, and the colored shavings. Welcome to The Dairy Show. I am Lisa Benke, your host, and today we'd like to visit with one of World Dairy Expo's founding father family members. World Dairy Expo is celebrating its 56th anniversary this year. On October 1 through 6, 2023, we'll be celebrating a dynasty in dairy. And it seems appropriate that we visit with the families of the show's founders and learn more about their personal dynasties. In the World Dairy Expo history book, We Need a Show, they captured the first 50 years of the show, and the book led off with the chapter that shared the vision that Alan Hetz, Howard Vagley, Norm Magnuson Sr., and Gene Nelson had for a World Agricultural Exposition. The book discussed the challenges those gentlemen faced and the show faced in its early years. This podcast today is the first in what we hope to be a four-part series. We'll be visiting with the Hetz, Vagley, Magnuson, and Nelson families to learn more about these four founding fathers. So today, we welcome to The Dairy Show, Steve Nelson. Steve, if you would, tell us a little bit about Graveview Farms, the farm that you and your father were part of. The farm started way back when my great-grandfather immigrated from Denmark in about 1882, and he rented a 200-acre farm, which was quite large for uh, horses back in those days. And that's the farm that we're still living on. It was 200 acres, and he raised flax and sugar beets and cabbage. And he milked cows, and that was the start of Holsteins on our farm. And later, his son, Harvey Nelson, took over with his sons, Eugene and Alvin, known in the dairy industry as Gene and Pete, and they were quite successful with their Holsteins. So Graveview Farms started out with 200 acres. You're right, that is remarkable to homestead 200 acres. And that land and that herd was passed down to your father and his brother, Pete. Tell us about the importance of the Holstein herd and what drove those two brothers to build such a notable Holstein herd and what that notoriety meant. Tell us about some of those outstanding family members that we all consider household names. Both my dad and my uncle appreciated good cows. And my dad especially, I don't think he ever saw a good cow that he didn't remember. And it was very important for him to have not just cows, but good cows. And uh, I think that's what drove him to do most of what he did for his whole life, was be so involved with Holsteins. Well, your dad lived a full life. I couldn't help but marvel at all of the things that he accomplished in his 84 years. But my goodness, the litany of awards that he earned and the people that he touched in his lifetime. Could you touch on that a little bit, Steve? The things that your dad invested his time against. We're going to talk about World Dairy Expo because we know that that's one of the, the main things that, that we're remembering him for today in the podcast, but there are so many other things that your dad was busy with. His love for the Holstein cow drove him to participate in the Holstein Association. One of the things he was proudest of was his work with developing a true type model Holstein. And I can't remember what year that was, but he had a lot of committee meetings. They did a lot of work trying to hone down 
this ideal, and he was really involved in that, and that was one of his passions. But he was involved in both the State Holstein Association and the National Association and committees, and he really enjoyed that. I think a lot of it was getting to know the other breeders and the friends he had across the state and the nation through those associations. It wasn't surprising to me that your dad attended UW-Madison. In fact, he earned a Bachelor of Science degree, I'm supposing in dairy science or the equivalent, in 1941. And he was quite a noted judge of dairy cattle as well. Did your dad do a lot of judging, as you recall, when you were growing up? All over the country and all over the world, in Japan, South America, Mexico, and he made a lot of friends, and it was surprising how many of them visited the farm, foreigners that came, that had met him at the shows that he had judged. (laughs) I learned something the other day that I didn't know. When he went to Madison, he tried out for the dairy cattle judging team, and he didn't make the team, so he joined the livestock judging team, and they, I think they won the national contest or something, but apparently that, (laughs) that didn't sit good with him. That was something I just learned we had a family reunion not too long ago, and, and I learned that at that. I had, never, I had never known that before. It sounds like your dad had a side of his life that he didn't share with his sons. And you have a brother, is that correct? Yeah, I have a younger brother. He's 10 years younger than I am. And I know you said, Steve, that you too went to UW-Madison. But when did you find out that you and your dad shared a history with Alpha Gamma Rho? When I was in 4-H, we won the state 4-H junior dairy cattle judging contest. And that was the one time I got to go to Waterloo right near the end of that show, because that's where the national contest was. But we were able to practice judge with the university team that summer. And we stopped at the AGR house at Madison because one of the guys on the team was was a member. And I was really impressed with the house, you know, because we were young then. I suppose we were 12 or 13 that was really impressive. So when I went to Madison, I joined AGR, but dad never told me he was an AGR until after I had joined. And I asked him why. And he said, well, you know, might be a different group of guys. Maybe uh, maybe you wouldn't have fit in. So that was surprising. But so we ended up in the same fraternity without even without even me knowing it. I didn't make that mistake with my son, though. I told him and he joined. I don't want to miss three generations. I was going to say the Nelsons also have a dynasty in Alpha Gamma Rho. You served as the noble ruler, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, and so did my son, Chris. Yep. I think it speaks volumes about the type of person that your father was. He wanted you to find your own way and develop your own passions. He clearly had a passion for the Holstein cow, and he shared that everywhere he went. Like you said, he judged, my goodness, he judged in Mexico, in Japan, in South America, and developed friendships with people all over the world. So it's not surprising that he would think in such big terms that he wanted to create a show that wasn't a local show. It wasn't a regional show. He was thinking big. He and those other three gentlemen we mentioned at the top of this podcast put their heads together and they decided we needed to create something that was a place where the world dairy industry would meet. So Steve, how old were you when those discussions started taking place? And what is your recollection of those four gentlemen? What brought them together and what made them decide that they would wear the mantle of this responsibility of creating a brand new show from scratch? I knew Alan Hetz really well 
of course, but I didn't know the other two gentlemen real well. You know, we knew the of them because they were at shows. And I was probably a senior in high school or freshman in college about that time. And I just remember Dad talking about how Waterloo was kind of going by the wayside. And we used to go to the International Livestock Exhibition in Chicago. And that was, for anybody that hasn't been there, that, that was a rough place to show because everybody came home sick, including the cows and the guys, because the environment in the building was just terrible. It was dusty and drafty, and, and it was later in the year, so it was cold. They, their passion for showing all of those guys, and they knew back then, you know, without internet, showing was one of the big parts of merchandising you heard. And I know they felt that the show was very important. And, you know, they all thought that Wisconsin is the place where it should be. It's centrally located, but that's where all the dairy industry was. So I'm sure all those factors went together. But the fact that Waterloo was going down, they knew they had to have a show somewhere. You talked about traveling to those shows. They didn't do it with a trailer or on the the back of a a semi. They were loading cattle into boxcars to travel about the country and merchandising their genetics was a full-time job and it was done in person, was it not? Yes, you had the Holstein News and the Holstein World to advertise in, but showing was, you know, one of the big parts that and auction sales were, you know, the big ways to get your name out. So Steve, you mentioned that your dad farmed in partnership with his brother, Pete. Tell us a little bit about how Graveview was situated, how many cows you were milking at that time when your dad was flying different places to judge shows and also taking members of the herd out with show strings. We had over 500 acres that we were running and we were milking cows on two farms. So we probably had about 120 cows milking which, you know, now doesn't sound like much, but back then with small tractors and the equipment and, you know, no milking parlors, it was all in stall barns. So it was a lot of work. So when one person was missing, <laughs> it was a lot of work for everybody, but we all were in it together. So it was just part of the way we ran the farm. I think it's remarkable how much passion each of the individuals had for showing dairy cattle. And that obviously was imparted to you, to the family members. You were caring for the herd at home. And Steve, did you do any showing yourself as you were growing up? Oh, yeah. When I was in 4-H, the county fair and the local district shows, and then, of course, the state fair. And the state fair at Wisconsin back then was huge as far as, I mean, the, the 4-H show was big, but the open class was huge. All the big herds came from other states even. So that was one of the bigger shows. And Hetz's were, we, we were good friends with them because we were at the shows all, all the time together. So And Alan's kids were about the same age as me. So it, it was a lot of fun going to shows for a young guy like me. It was great. And did your dad also serve as your judging coach? Yeah, when we won the state junior judging contest, it was a group of four guys from Racine County, and we were all in the same 4-H club, and dad was our coach. So that was a lot of fun, and we got to go to Waterloo to judge. So success followed from one generation to the next. You know, that's a we, we call that transmitting ability in the dairy business, don't we? And I would say that your dad had good transmitting ability because it sounds like for as much as he didn't tell you about his history, 
you seem to have carried on some of the same traits that he has. So you knew the Hetz family, and I think that is remarkable too. It, it's not, well, put it this way, it's not remarkable that two noted Holstein breeders would put their heads together and decide that if Waterloo is starting to falter a little bit, maybe Madison, Wisconsin could be the host of a, a grand dairy cattle show. But they pulled two brown Swiss breeders into the mix too. Do you have any idea how that came about? How did your dad and Alan Hetz hook their wagons together with Howard Vagley and Norm Magnuson Sr.? Unfortunately, I don't know the answer to that one. Although I know those other guys were passionate about cows too, so I'm sure that had a lot to do with it. And, you know, when something has to get done, somebody has to, to start doing it. And I was so young when they started the, what we used to call the state black and white show now, and then it was the state championship show. I think that was, and I, I could be way off on this, but I think that was about 1959 when they started that show. And I'm sure Dad and Alan Hetz had a lot to do with that. So it's it's not like they didn't have some idea how, how to go about this. And I'm sure they knew they had to have some, you know, help from other breeders of other breeds, too, to make this work. So as far as how they those four got together, that, that part I don't know. Well, I'm going to take the opportunity to ask the other children of the other three gentlemen if they have any recollection how it all came to be. But let's get back to your dad. Your dad is going to meetings with Alan, and we know that these four gentlemen were meeting either at shows or perhaps they're meeting back here in Wisconsin, and they're starting to talk about putting this show together. And he has to be bringing these ideas home. And while you're milking with your dad, did he ever kick that around with you, Steve, that we're thinking about starting a show in Wisconsin, one that might replace Waterloo. You were there as a participant in Waterloo, and you, you felt the excitement of the industry coming together. What did you think about your dad talking about bringing that, that kind of excitement and an event to, to Wisconsin? I knew how passionate he was about it. You know, it, it didn't come together that easy. There was a lot of, you know, they had to find people to connect with. So, you know, I don't know of all the details, but I do know that they went, he went to a lot of meetings. And I know there was times when he didn't think it was going as well as it should have. They never gave up. And that's the kind of attitude they had showing cows, and it paid off getting the show going. And I think those are probably some powerful lessons that your dad taught you along the way. Steve, you mentioned you attended UW-Madison, and you also mentioned that your dad and these other three gentlemen enlisted the help of many others to make sure that this show go off the ground. I know one group of people that they talked to and one group of people that was very instrumental in getting World Dairy Expo to take place was the faculty at UW-Madison, the Dairy Science Department. You would have been a student at that time. Do you have any memory of the, the faculty at UW-Madison at that time and what their level of interest and excitement in this new World Agricultural Show might have been? I know they were all passionate about it because they were all involved in it. And um, Dr. Crowley and Dr. Dixon, of course, I remember we're passionate about it. And I think that was a, I would have been a sophomore then at school when they had the first one. I remember the Dane County buildings, they must have used them for storing boats or equipment or something in the, you know, in the off season. So when we go, we had to put up all the partitions for the stalls and stuff. So we did that. And that was before Badger Dairy Club was in existence. So it was 
pretty much, you know, anybody from the dairy science department that wanted to go. And I know we spent a lot of time there. And then, of course, once the cattle got there, then my involvement with the show management went went down the, you know, I, I was with the show string. And it, needless to say, we skipped a lot of classes. That was, a, you know, that was a trying time in Madison because the Vietnam War protests were going on and the National Guard was on campus most of the time and lots of tear gas and there was a lot of stuff going on about that time. It was a three-ring circus as you were going to school and World Direct Expo was getting off the ground it seems. You mentioned that it wasn't easy. The show didn't come together with three meetings at the kitchen table. There was an awful lot of planning, an awful lot of probably as many steps forward as there were backwards as they put plans into motion. But another thing that was was written in the history book about your dad and the others was that they not only supported it with their ideas and their time and their their energy to get it off the ground they helped underwrite the show too as a matter of fact it was said that these individuals were so invested in world dairy expo taking place that they saw fit to mortgage their own farms is that the case at graveview and and if that's so how did your family feel about that steve that is a level of commitment. I mean, we all talk about being passionate about and and going to World Dairy Expo year after year, but I don't know how many of us are willing to lay down our assets in in order to make sure that it succeeds. Your dad was that invested in World Dairy Expo that he saw fit to put the farm against it. You know, I don't know how the other farm families were involved in that, but on our farm, the father made the decisions and really, I didn't know anything about that. But I will say this, there is no way that he wouldn't have done that. That's how important this show and dairy cattle were to him. Nothing nothing would have stopped him from, from doing that. So I didn't know what happened, but it doesn't surprise me one bit. I, I mean, I'd be surprised if he didn't, to tell you the truth. And it's a blessing that your uncle, now was your, were your uncle and your dad partners at this time while the World Dairy Expo show was getting off the ground? My grandfather, my uncle, and my father, and of course, they all would have had to make the you know the decision. And of course, my grandpa and my uncle were involved in the showing and the hosting association too. So you know they they all felt the same way about dairy cattle. My dad was just more passionate than the other two, but they they all cared about Holsteins. There's no doubt about that. And it sounds like your dad was the perfect front man for Graveview. You had a a team at home that was as invested as he was, but he was the one that was traveling internationally and and being the face of Graveview, so to speak. But each of you played a critical role in in that herd success. And so, Steve, your dad made it happen. The first show took place. And do you recall what was the feeling afterwards when, when the show closed? How did your dad feel about that? They got one under their belt. What happened next? I think they were so happy to have it actually come off. But I do know that those first years were rough because the attendance wasn't as good as they had hoped. And there's growing pains in every business. You know, it took a lot of time away from the farm for all those guys, I'm sure. So the first years were rough. It just didn't start out being what it is today. It was it was rough going at first. They had to keep trying different things. And obviously eventually they got it right. Well, I think that's a testament to your dad's diplomacy, if you will, because when they talk about the history of Waterloo, 
it's my understanding that the new show manager there had an interest in draft horses. And so his desire was to expand that show scope and have it be a horse show in addition to a dairy show. And then they wanted to exhibit poultry and just expand it and have it be multi-species. And in doing so, it watered down what the dairy show was. And that was the impetus for your dad and Alan Hetz and and then the Vagleys and Magnuson saying, we need a show that's dairy focused. Well, then they started this show in Madison, Wisconsin, and I'll be darned if some of the other participants that they brought into the picture didn't want to make it a little broader in scope. So it started out as the World Agricultural Exhibition, and they had big name entertainment. I mean, my goodness, do you recall any of those entertainers? Did your dad talk about that? These people that they brought to this brand new Coliseum in Madison, Wisconsin to sing and perform. And that was happening on top of this dairy cattle show that they were trying to build in Madison. No, I don't remember that part. I guess I was so involved with, with you know, working and going to school that I don't remember that part. There was a, a few years when they tried to bring the city of Madison, the consumer audience, into this world exposition. And the focus was on on food and entertainment. And oh, by the way, there's going to be this big dairy cattle show too. But filling the seats and paying for that big name entertainment to come to the Coliseum became a challenge. And that is something that it, it, it did dig a hole for that group that got the show off the ground that they had to get out of. So I'm guessing that those kinds of challenges kept your dad awake at night but I bet he kept those challenges or that that concern to himself. It sounds like he wasn't one to share his worries. He was one to share his successes with others, wasn't he? They had to find a way to make it financially work, so had to try different things. Well, Steve, we are remarkably grateful that your dad had the foresight to build a show that is now celebrating its 56th anniversary this year. When you attend World Dairy Expo, how does that feel to you and your family members? I think it's it's amazing. Now my grandchildren go to the show, and it's amazing that we were able to get this done and that it's turned out to be such a great thing for the state of Wisconsin and for the dairy industry. It truly is, and, and one that we, well, people from all over the world, just like you said, your dad made these friendships everywhere he traveled. And those people sought him out when they traveled to Wisconsin. And now they're continuing. This The cycle's not been broken. People still come back to Madison, Wisconsin for that same reason, to renew friendships and visit people whose they just value that that person-to-person contact. So it truly is an amazing thing that your father built. And I know that Grayview Farms dispersed in 1995. But Steve, tell us about the the buildings where Grayview once was, those buildings still stand and it's still part of the Nelson family ownership. Is that correct? It's gone back to the grain farm. It started out to be 200, you know, 100 years ago, but everything's still here. So is is flax still something that you're planting these days? <laughs> no, it's corn, soybeans, and winter wheat now. I did want to circle back to that. You mentioned they, they came from the Netherlands. Your family is from Holland? Uh, from Denmark. I'm sorry. From oh my goodness, let me start that over. <laughs> so your fam your family arrived here from Denmark, and I I know you touched on this in the beginning, but those very first Holstein cows, did they bring animals with them when they came from their home country, or did they acquire animals when they arrived here in the United States? 
No, my great-grandfather came over when he was 21, and he borrowed some money from a local shopkeeper to get the fair to come over here. And then he dug field tile, drainage tile, by hand for about the first 10 years that he was here. Saved up money and sent it back to the, to the guy that had loaned him the money to come over. And that's how he got enough money to start renting this farm and then eventually buying it. Yeah, he was he was young when he came. This this has been my great grandfather, so he re, they really were poor in Denmark, and that's one of the reasons he came over. Well, we're grateful that history saw fit for that man to wind up in Racine County, Wisconsin, because my goodness, what a dynasty it is, and what an impact felt worldwide it is. That would lead to that piece of ground in Racine, Wisconsin, was where a lot of lessons were learned and obviously a lot of lessons shared. And I guess if you could sum up the lessons that your dad taught you, what were maybe among the most important ones, Steve? If you have a passion for something, stick to it. Make it work for you. I think that was, that was his, his legacy. Steve, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Dairy Show. We look forward to seeing you and everyone else listening to today's podcast at World Dairy Expo 2023. Tickets for this year's event will go on sale online starting June 1st. We look forward to celebrating the dynasty your father had a hand in building, Steve. Thanks again for being with us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Dairy Show. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us today. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends about how much you are enjoying The Dairy Show. We would love to have them join us as well. And last but not least, if you have any comments for us, send us an email at wde at wdexpo.com. We would love to hear from you.